0: hello there and welcome 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 i'm sarah from sarah Furuya coaching and this is the legends podcast i believe there are many many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and i want to tell them and share them these legends are a collection of people who i have found during my 20 years in tokyo and before All of them are brilliant people. And when I became bored with reading another billionaire's biography, I thought I want to tell the stories of the people who I meet who are absolutely fascinating, but you won't see on your regular podcast interview. They have overcome obstacles, both systemic and internal, and we cover all kinds of things from creativity, grief, racism, business, disaster, loss, trolling, infertility, farming, eating disorder, eco-feminism, and more. We have elite athletes, people who live on Zen temples in remote parts of Japan, BBC newscaster to Taekwondo champion, please enjoy these amazing stories from what they've overcome, from what they've built, from what they've created, from the way that they talk. I'm just delighted thinking about it. So please get stuck in and enjoy this next legend. Hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to this The Legend's Interview podcast with me, Sarah Ferruya from Sarah Ferruya Coaching. And this is my mini series, What the Fuck Happened Next? So today I am absolutely delighted to welcome a great friend and a previous guest, Angela Ortiz. Hi, Angela.
1: Hi, Sarah.
0: So I believe there are many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and we are about to hear an amazing story. I just can't believe what happened next for Angela. So um, let me give you a quick uh, background of what Angela's up to now. So Angela Ortiz is an entrepreneur and founder of Strategist Consulting. Her company helps international schools and corporations align their values and develop strategic actions supporting the United Nations. Sustainable Development Goals SDGs. She is a Colombian American raised in Japan, a woman continuously reinventing her life and livelihood. Angela is a total nerd for education and self development, I can attest to that, and for fitness, dancing and frolicking. I can attest that we have frolicked on many an occasion in the sea in meadows, in (laughs) parks, all over the place. In fact, you can find her on Instagram, gamboling merrily throughout Japan. She really is amazing, but that really doesn't say enough about her. So I'm just going to read a couple of things off the back of her um, book, Place to Grow Here, that other people have said about her. So Angela is a selfless leader and visionary whose professional and volunteer work have had a massive impact on the lives of thousands. Working alongside her organisation, Place to Grow was the single best decision Sogo Fitness made in 2019. This is from Menya Hinga, who is a, a fitness coach. And then we have here also Angela's dedication and leadership are second to none. Her role in the recovery of Tohoku region continues to impact the lives of countless individuals, and her ability to motivate and inspire others is admirable. Her reflections intertwined with her remarkable story will leave you with a deeper understanding of how to make an impact both today and for years to come. And that's Robin Lewis, co-founder of MyMizu, who we actually talked about in the previous podcast with Aifataki because she did a project with him. So, Angela. It's an absolute delight to have you here and talk about what happened since September 2020 when our first podcast went out, which was a long-form one where she talked about being one of 11 children and her journey through Japan. But the first question I want to ask you today, Anja, is tell me a story that's had an impact or an influence or has inspired you.
1: Okay. Okay. A story that has influenced, impacted, and inspired me. Yeah, was about a week ago last year, Uh one year ago, about a week before I was on a cycling trip Mm -hmm. with this guy I had met. I'd only known him for about a month and I had expressed that, you know, it's been 10 years since uh, the Tohoku triple disasters. I'm really curious of seeing what does the coastline now look like? I want to see it with my own eyes. I want to hear what's going on, I want to uh, feel, I want to taste the food, I want to understand what happens 10 years on, you have, you know, 600 kilometers destroyed, and I've been working in this field for a long time, right, and this idea of cycling down this coastline by myself was like, oh, it's going to be one of those milestone moments in life, right, but I meet this guy, and he's like, well, can I come, and I'm like, mm, do I want to share this with another human, like, this is really a, a moment for me, anyway. I get struck by inspiration and I go, okay, fine. What the hell you can come along. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I plan, you know, how many kilometers do we need to ride each day and what routes will we take? And um, where can we stay booking, you know, or bed and breakfasts. And, you know, it was, it was quite cool because the start of this journey is right near my parents' hometown in mm-hmm. Aomori. Mm-hmm. So we go up there, say hi to the folks, get some drone footage. We start cycling and about <laughs> five minutes, into this trip, I realized, oh, sheizen. we can't take bikes on this trail that I had, you know, planned. So we're like, okay, we're going to take route 45. It's a main, a major route down the coast. And <laughs> we turned the corner and suddenly it's just this hill, a hill like this. And I'm like, I've cycled before, get down into first gear, just pedal away you know, that was a five minute hill. It was fine. What I totally forgot to think about when planning this route was that the first like 300 kilometers are mountainous coastline (laughs) So all day long. Suddenly I was like, don't worry. It's, you know, it's just, just get into first gear. You'll be fine. Fast forward six hours and we are still like in first gear going up and down and up and down and it's about four o'clock and I'm struggling a little by this point I've been cycling since 8 a.m right Mm -hmm. and I'm like I've just met this guy uh what if he thinks I'm crazy person for you know I forgot to look at the actual topography of this area (laughs) I planned the route and everything. And here we are. It's almost four o'clock. We are not even halfway to our hotel. And the sun is going down. And so I get to the top of this hill. There's a tunnel there. And he turns around and looks at me. And he goes, hey, how are you doing? And I just knew in that moment, I was like, oh, my God. He gets it. He's okay. We're okay," And my life was never the same. I love
0: it. I love it. And so in that moment, you you thought you were going to have your Cheryl Strayed wild moment, right? Where you went off on this kind of journey. And just to um, be clear here, I mean, Angela did a lot of work post um, 311 earthquake. For those of you who don't know, that was an enormous earthquake that happened in 2011 on March 11th in the Eastern region of Japan and destroyed, as you said, 600 kilometers of coastline. So you wanted to go up and see what what it was like 10 years on, almost 10 years on. And then you met this guy just after we spoke last time. And um, this was that moment where he goes, hey, how are you doing? And you're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever is gonna think I'm such an idiot, blah, 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 blah. And that was the moment in which she thought, this is my frolic partner, right? Yeah. All right. So I think that this you've left that beautifully vague for us, Angela. So I'm going to just um, recap then. So back in September last year, when we spoke, we were mid pandemic. Well, we don't know if it's mid pandemic or not, do we? Could be going on a bit longer, but it seems to be getting better. You were working for Adidas full time as their CSR, one of their CSR directors. Um, You were living with your teenage daughter, who was in her final year of high school in a house in a lovely part of Tokyo. And mid-September, you and I attended a retreat together. And I think I was leading that retreat, actually. So you attended this retreat and we all sat around talking and philosophizing about life and watching the sun go down over the sea in Kamakura. So what happened
1: next, Ange? You went on holiday, lent me your apartment for the yeah. weekend with my daughter. So I yeah. go down for Silver Week mm-hmm. and take a bit of a break. I'm all zen and cool. And the next week I go, it's a Wednesday and I have a date lined up with some gentleman who had, you know, contacted me and asked me out for a coffee and a cycle ride. And I, you know, I had thought of this cycle ride. And I was like, ooh, I should practice. And so, well, I have to preface this by saying, actually, so, you know, I just published my book that year, right? And the Mm -hmm. pandemic really just like, I'm stuck at home. I'm thinking about who am I? What is my role with my daughter? What am I doing? Do I want to stay in this job? Do I want to stay in corporate? Should I go back to my more like social impact uh, consulting type role? And this book comes out of nowhere, right? So I stopped dating, because I've been a single mom for like, you know, a gajillion years. So I stopped dating. I'm like, you know, I, I just, I want the space for myself, but I published my book, you know, I think it was right after we talked and I was feeling like, Whoa, you know, these arcs in life, I'm going to start dating again. So, you know, I swipe left, I swipe right. <laughs> and um, I, I meet a few guys, but nothing really special, but um, this guy actually emailed me directly and he was a friend of a friend And so I had lined up a date for right after the the Silver Week weekend where my daughter and I stayed at your place. And I go off to meet him. And we just like we had coffee for three hours. We talked about everything. Right. And I remember looking at this person and going, whoa, I've never known someone who's like struggled. I've never identified with someone who's like struggled like me. But it's still smiling. Mm. And there's like this resilient heart, like that, you just feel like, oh, you're never gonna get up. And I just found that so inspiring and also very captivating. I was just like, it's like a kindred spirit sort of coming together. Mm. So he asked me, Oh, so can I take you out on a date at that lunch? And I said, Yeah, but give me two weeks' notice because I'm really busy right now. I've got, you know, the book and the kid and Anyway, it took us all of two days to to meet up again. We fell in love like a week later and we got engaged in December. I got let go. I got fired for the first time in my life. I had to move houses. My daughter graduated from high school. My daughter moved away from home for the first time. She traveled overseas by herself for the first time. I moved in with a guy for the first time in my life. And you know another thing that I just have to mention, although it's kind of weird and out of context, is I was without an income for the first time since becoming an adult. Mm. Like I've never, I've never been in a partnership where one or the other is not like working, like generating an income, and that was really, really traumatic. What else has happened? Oh, travel! I've been to Ishigaki. I've been snowboarding. I have learned what frolic means and that it's not just you know running through meadows, but can it can be like that state of mind. And I was just like, oh my god, there's been so much going on, and I'm just trying to frolic through it at this point. <laughs> well,
0: let's unpack some of this, Angela, because you've just yeah. thrown it up. Uh, I mean us <laughs> <Woo! let's> just <laughs> so basically like so from last year. You're a single mom living with your daughter. You decided to stop dating to get your book out. Here it is. I'll be giving away this copy. And you're happily single, but you're also dating. You're also doing, you said swipe right. So you're doing the apps, which is great fun. Your word of the year was frolic. Oh, that that's this year, right? So you're kind of frolicking through all this and you meet and fall head over heels very quickly with this guy. So let's just let's just take that bit. (laughs) Then we'll go on to the kind of transition of careers and then learning to be a part of a a partnership where the ebb and flow of income comes in and out, which is really an interesting thing and it's something that's close to my heart too so tell me more about this guy who is he because like I remember we had a uh, converse- phone conversation at the very end you went I fall in love with somebody and it's just like that head over heels thing where you just can't stop thinking about them and you like you're looking at the socks on the floor and you can't stop crying because you're so happy something like that and I was like what wait and you were like okay bye <gasps> you put the phone down and I was like what <laughs> So tell us more about <gasps> kind of falling in love thing and how that happened for both of you. And what's this simpatico that you have together?
1: I don't know what it is. It's some kind of magic, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm. His name is Nicholas Pettis. You can find him on the Tokyo Show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is Greek, Danish, American, but raised in Japan. So we have loads in common right? Speaks fluent Japanese, understands the culture, but isn't Japanese. Um, He's a a fitness instructor, coach, founder of CrossFit Nishia Zabu. He's backgrounds in martial arts. So, you know, obviously me loving cycling and running and and our, and our lust for like um, adventure, that was just like, so there were, there were all those things that like you align on like, oh yeah, we like the same things. But I really think it was something about that connecting with each other's resilient hearts. like Uh i've been through shit he's been through shit but we both have this like just this like this commitment of like you know what life it's just not you're not going to get me and i will refuse to give up my like the fun stuff in life you know because obviously there are days i've been there right you're on your sofa just going like oh please no 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 more days please just, no more days. No more days. <laughs> yeah. I just want this sofa and my robe. And I felt like that um, the year before, mm. very deeply. Mm. And without any excuse, you meet somebody else who's like, yeah, I, I, I get it. And you get it. And then weird things like, so he's got three daughters. I have a daughter. They're all in the sort of same age group. Uh, my child and his middle child have the same birthday. And then these like random connections that kind of just they give you these moments of like, oh my God, of celebration. And Love it. we're a bit older, you know, we're both in our, you know, 40s or whatever. We've all had our ex relationships and stuff. So we've kind of done the, the fumbling through and we, we know ourselves well enough to know like what works, what doesn't. And that was also just really refreshing to, to meet somebody that I didn't go, when my girlfriends go, oh, so how was that date? I was going, yeah, it was nice. We, you know, we went to this nice place this time I was just like, "Oh my god, guys! I have to tell you about this person, and mm. I have to tell you about how I feel." And oh, is it okay to feel like this fucking happy? But this this podcast is called "What the fuck happened next?" Don't I worry, we speak in French. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm still unpacking it. I'm still unpacking it. And then when I go, I'm gonna go cycle halfway around Japan. He goes, "Yeah, let me come." And you know, I thought, okay, this is a great way to get to know each other. Cause we are falling really fast, really soon. And you know, my, my, my logical brain is going, and hello, do we need a warning? And I'm going, nah, nah, come on, let's just go see what happens. And we just, I mean, we aligned so well, like I thought he would be stressed out by the, by the, the Hills. He actually thought he told me this later, he's like, now is my chance to actually let her know that I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. So I need to smile and be you know, like I need to smile and be like, I'm having fun so that she doesn't fall apart. Because mm. because I'm cycling there looking at bus benches going, could I sleep under there tonight? <laughs> and, Is it possible? No, it's too cold. And, and when you look up and you see somebody just going, come on, it's okay, it's okay. Um, that, so yeah, so we, we, we just fell in love and then we took off on adventures and came back and we're like, what's the next adventure? And then it turned out to be me getting fired. Okay,
0: so I just want to unpack a bit of this as well then. So one thing I love here is just, well, the high context, that really, 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 really hit me at some point is that like you were both here from a very young age, you both you know, I mean, he's very fluent in Japanese or well, a certain type of Japanese, right? Because he was in a dojo <laughs> for ages. I yeah. mean, we don't want to make this about him, but actually he's got quite a high profile over here, hasn't he? He was uh, he does. He a K1 does. fighter and so on and so on. You can also see this this very story on video because I was watching all those videos at the time, scanning, is he all right? Is he good for my friend? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was yes, obviously. So you're both these kind of, what we we came up with this phrase weird hybrids of like all these different cultural backgrounds and so he's got this kind of multicultural background Greek American and uh, Danish and you're um, Colombian American and also you both have this kind of super Japanese. Culture deep inside mm. you as well. But of course, if you've listened to this podcast before, you already know that we're insiders, outsiders. So we know where we belong here, and it's not in a circle of Japan we're not allowed in. Mm. And as soon as you kind of accept that, I think life becomes much easier, don't you
1: think, Ange? I agree, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking of so many stories, like real life stories, and I'm going- Hundreds, yes. hundreds,
0: hundreds. And whenever you try too hard to try and get in there or make that mean something about you, it can be really devastating to your self-esteem and your spirit, can't it? But speaking yes. of spirit then, so the, the other thing is like, there's two things here. So it's like you're booking stereotypes, you two are bucking the stereotypes of like what it looks like to fall in love. It's like, it's quick, it's fast, we're both mature people. We love each other and we like each other. We've hit it off. We've got this high context. And there's this amazing trust and vulnerability between the two of you, where you do have quite a lot of conflict together, right? Like healthy conflict where you kind of thrash stuff out, but you never let it get the better off you. And that maybe is what that resilient heart is. And that captivation is, is this complete mm. commitment to one another. So you're not playing games with each other. That I think is the, the stereotype or you're not, Knobbing around. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're not arsing around with this. You're just getting straight into it. Like, this is worth it. We like each other. We love each other. Let's get into it. Does that make
1: sense? Yes, absolutely. The only thing I would add to that is, and this was really big for me, and I did talk about this with Nick, was not expecting the other person to in any way complete or make your life better. Or, you know, it's not like I was like, you know, I'm almost 40 and I never had a relationship <laughs> like this. And now I've got you and oh, look, now I need you here all the time. Right. Yeah. It was like, no, I'm showing up as who I am, you know, warts and all cracks and all whatever it is, but I'm happy to frolic with you. Yeah. But I am letting you know that you are responsible for your emotional, like health. And I will be responsible for my emotional health. But if you hold my hand, like, you know, I'll, I'll be here. Yeah. To hold your hand and we'll go through this. You know, there's this quote I read randomly somewhere on Facebook and our second night on this bicycle trip, you know, we had a couple of drinks and we were like hashing it out. Like, is this really real? And I said, okay, for me, it's all about this. There's this quote that says, don't walk in front of me. I may not follow. Don't walk behind me. I may not lead. Just walk beside me and be my friend. And I've, I've seen two versions One is like walk beside me and hold my hand. And I was like, I've always just wanted a buddy. A buddy to like tear through life with it's pretty simple and then when he just looked at me and he like put, covered, put his arms akimbo like this and he's just like oh I get that yeah <laughs> and I was like really I had to oh like double check I time. love this yeah it was incredible a
0: buddy to tear through life with and you know I could I could actually <clears> see it <throat> doing that now I'm going I get that because he's quite (laughs) magic, he's quite serious in some ways, isn't he? But he's also super, super fun. And I really like that, like just that kind of authenticity, that genuine, genuine like, and now I'm serious and now I'm frolicking and now I'm serious and now I'm frolicking. Amazing. And just be my friend, just walk beside me and be my friend. This reminds me of something very wise you said to me. In fact, we were all on the beach together. And um, one day, cause I lived by the beach. And so there was Nick, there was other friends around as well. And we were all sitting in this beach house, drinking beers all day and popping in and out of the sea. And it was just a lush day. I loved that day. And we were talking about things and you just turned around and you were in your bikini and you went, I don't need my friends to be don't perfect. Need. And I was like, thank God, because I am bonkers. <laughs> and also it was just such, it was like, of course, why do i expect my friends to be perfect like i'm 50. why do i expect my friends to be perfect it was just so simple and i think that this like don't be in front of me don't be behind me don't position yourself to me just stand with me and walk with me and be my friend i think that's just beautiful anj where do you get this wisdom from
1: i don't know maybe i'm an old soul with past lives Having a conversation. Yes. I have no idea. I mean, I'm a nerd for, for yeah. reading things and I used to love poetry and, and, and libraries. And, and so some of these things must have stuck in there somewhere. Yeah. How do we know how we get to be who we are? Good, good
0: good I mean I spend I just oh I've just God. walked up to my local I antique mean... store and had a podcast in my own head with myself about how I got <laughs> to be who I am and it's slightly different <laughs> like... to the one that I had yesterday the podcast in my own head about who I am
1: <laughs> but I really appreciate you saying that that's really sweet because for most of the days I'm doing like dumb ass shit and I'm like really and like that's how you were supposed to respond to that or whether it's with my kid or or other things so I guess we all have a little wisdom in us.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. That just was, that was a game changer for me. I don't need my friends Mm. to be perfect because you can sit around scanning and checking and oh man, you know, I, (laughs) so that was amazing. So where do you want to go next then? So you've got Tony, your daughter who then graduated school and so you moved in with Nick really quickly I mean when did you get engaged there's so much stuff in here I mean we're not even at Christmas yet. you got engaged but you're still living in the house with your daughter at the time and then you lost your job or your job finished yeah very
1: much a pandemic related you know change in organization change in structure and it was just this this is no longer here for you So that happened. When was that? I forget. This was actually like two days before we went on the cycle ride, I found out.
0: So in in October then? In
1: October, yeah. So I went into November and I was just like, okay, I I can't even process this. So parking that, going on this adventure and then I'll come back. Now, the role was actually, it was a very long, um, the handovers period. Yes. Was very, very long. So I didn't actually leave my role in the company until March the following year.
0: Okay. So you're still working there until that. Oh, yes. That's some resilience right there as well to keep showing up every day. How was that? Mm.
1: <laughs> I guess it's weird. You change your expectations. You realize, you know, you're not chasing the next KPI or, you know, you're per- it's not that your performance will drop because suddenly I was like, I've got all these things I've got to hand over or get rid of for the company. But you know there's no future there and obviously you don't want the sad eyes of people. And there's a lot of insecurity going on because this is happening yeah, to us. That's people. not that's not about you, right? That's yeah. not specific to you. That's about what's yeah, happening yeah. in that the, system. There were like, yeah, there was a few hundred of us that had to like change our lives and review things. I don't even oh man, it's such a blur, a blur of like meetings and and new bosses and the new boss it was just change i guess what i was trying to say is like you just set your expectations to like i'm showing up today whatever happens happens because you know there was reasons for then switching me on to another team even though i'm going out of the company they needed help with this other team so they're like oh can you do two days a week over here and and it was just it was very chaotic but i had to just kind of have that attitude of like okay clear communication, show up every day, be super flexible and really hope for the best. And in the end, it kind of worked out. I actually ended up getting along really well with my last, like the last six months of my role there, my, my HR guy, my direct line, him and I actually got on really well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was bittersweet.
0: Bittersweet. Yeah. I mean, it's never
1: easy to, to, to
0: lose your job, but yeah that's just one of those those things that happened that happened to me when I was 24 I think yeah 24 and it was really like but um, and and
1: I need us for me was like a dream job right I've been a fan of the brand since I was whatever could walk and played soccer with my brothers and I just oh you know I just thought it was the coolest thing and I was so happy working there like for for that brand so it was first I was like oh they left me, you know, like that breakup feeling almost. And subtle. then I was like, yeah, this is just, this is the nature of society and, and how companies work. So got over that and then you get on with it.
0: So you went to see your parents in the Christmas holidays, right? Or the holidays. How did yes. that go down? So they,
1: they met Nick again for the second time. Is that right? Yes, this is right. So we had drove all night Arrived at like two in the morning and okay. So Nick started saying things like, you know, oh, something around marriage, like not an actual proposal, but things alluding to this. Right. And I, I was like, you know, you need to stop getting drunk and proposing to me. You need to do it properly or just shut the fuck up because it's not really that funny when it's like, you know, 10 times now. Uh, So I was kind of wondering like, Hmm, is he going to propose or is he going to, you know, just shut the fuck up? (laughs) Anyway, we arrive in Almaty in the middle of the night and we have a quick nightcap with the parents and we're like going to bed, dozing off. And suddenly he starts talking and then he starts talking about like important stuff. And then suddenly he he leans over and rolls around and opens up this box and says, um, you know, I want something really lovely and then I want to have all my breakfast with you. And I go but I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> I was just like, but honey, you know I don't eat breakfast in the morning. Like I'm not a morning person. And then he just looks at me and he's like, and I'm like, oh my God, of course, yes. Yeah. So we woke up in the morning and went down and told the parents. And so Christmas was like extra special for that. So that was like Christmas Eve, Eve right, the 23rd. And
0: your family know how to frolic, right?
1: Yes, we do. They're Colombians, they know how to frolic.
0: <laughs> yeah, because there's beautiful video from that that holiday where <laughs> you're all dancing together in the living room and it's just so warm and so um, frolicky <laughs> and so such a lovely family scene. And you know, Nick have did, did did Nick go to your dad and ask his permission?
1: He did, but we I remember saying, like, well, if you why are you asking my dad? Because you know, if it's an art patriarchal, archaic tradition, I'm not a part of this, I don't like this. But he said. It's out of respect for the people who raised you. So I was like, okay, good. But then ask my mom too, please. Mm-hmm. And so he did. He went to both of them. Yeah, and, I mean, and to I, them.
0: I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm feminist, but I, I said to KSK, like, just do that because I, I don't know. I'm just happy to it's symbolic somehow. And
1: um, I don't know. I am confused about these things to be really honest. All these things
0: are coming up like name change and you know. Oh, oh, don't do that. I did it. I did it for reasons. But it's just an
1: example of like, but even the things like that, when he was like, I'm gonna ask you for your father's hand in marriage. And I was like, do I believe in that? It's like all these, these like getting into this, like this kind of partnership just brings up so much. And then I have to just sort and figure out, yeah, who am I right now? You know now? what it is for me? <laughs>
0: for me, it's like, I like my tea out of a teapot. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what that's I mean? That's
1: a great way. That's that's all it is that. for me.
0: Uh, but then I got told off by my dad for embarrassing him and Keisuke. <laughs> so, <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. It's so embarrassing for both of us. <laughs> it's
1: like, Oh my God. Oh, well, you know, it's just tradition. <laughs> you know, it was for me actually. Yeah. He proposed, and then it was all it was amazing. him and my dad, oh my God, they get on like a house on fire. yeah, got on with the brothers. He gets on with everyone. and my sister-in-law she told me she's like they're ten year old. she's like, he's usually our litmus test of all new people. And she was like, you passed with flying colors. like you're just you're a kindred spirit of like the basic energy that we all sort of live off of, you know like like our, our vibes. yeah, our vibes. So it was so much fun. And we road tripped with my siblings up there and down, and that was fun. And, you know, New Year's, we went you know, snowboarding with my other sister and uh, just carried on the frolic. Meanwhile, you know, I'm still working at at Adidas and trying to figure out what to do because my lease is coming up. And now suddenly I've been engaged to, which put so much stress on my relationship with my daughter, because this is a first.
0: Oh, so this is interesting as well. So there was some ring controversy, wasn't there? Because... (laughs) Tony was your daughter was like Sarah look at this ring what do you think and I was like it's kind of cool she was like it's disgusting (laughs) and then she secretly went to me yeah but you know I've got to you know he's my new he's my new kind of step dad boyfriend whatever you want to call it so I've got to be a bit moody about it haven't I but like so what's the ring controversy I got
1: I've got to tell you about the ring controversy so he gives me this Yeah. And I go, it's not very delicate. (laughs) And he's like, well, yeah, Ange, because now you can frolic and Spartan race and climb on anything and you never have to take it off and the diamond won't fall out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's really fucking sweet. Okay. Yeah. You really get me. But for some reason, I was like, you know, because I'm already quite, you know, gutsy and and ballsy and sort of aggressive. I was like, I was thinking that the engagement was going to be, you know, my feminine side. (laughs) (laughs) so yes I it took me a while to 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 sort of wrap my head around that and then (laughs) a few days later we are um going to the hot springs with my sister and I see her take off her engagement ring and put it away and it's it's a delicate you know ruby thing and I'm like oh you take that off she's like of course you know my fiance would hate it if I lost it or if it got dirty or anything and I was just like (laughs) I keep mine on see he
0: he knew he knew he knew because I thought knew. I looked at it and I thought oh, that's great it's it's good for sports it's good for this that and really oh. and like and your 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 daughter was like yeah but look at her she's so petite and I was like I suppose so but I just see you as being like this very sporty capable lady and it's like wow okay it, so that was
1: fun that was fun that was fun and then the coolest thing now kind of like super cool is that I went to visit his mother this last summer and then she gave him as an engagement present for us, one of her old rings. And it is like the exact one, you know, like the little princess where it comes out. And yeah, so he proposed again in Denmark in front of all his childhood friends and his words were, this is the, way, this is the ring you always wanted. <laughs> and, and that was a complete surprise. I had no idea that was coming. So it's wonderful.
0: And there's also a video of that, if anybody's interested, <laughs>
1: there is very beautiful,
0: very beautiful. I really enjoyed that. So I've, I've, I felt like I kind of vicariously live your trip to Denmark through, <laughs> through the eyes of your very talented partner. You guys are tricksters as well. Um, you have a lot of trickster energy about you because like shortly after you got engaged, you updated your Facebook statuses to married, which threw the Facebook community of Nick and Ange into a frenzy of frolicking. <laughs> what was
1: that about? So we'd been together by this time, like you know, six months or or so, five, six months. And I realized, oh, I've never updated my Facebook status because mm-hmm. I was single when I joined Facebook and I never changed it. It wasn't something I ever did, right? That part. Mm-hmm. So we were on our way to the hairdresser and I was like, okay, I'm just going to change it. So I change it to engaged, but I didn't realize it automatically makes like a public post or I didn't realize that's how my settings were. Yeah. So I changed it to engage. And then I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to forget again. So I'm just going to change it to married now because we're engaged. Okay. So within 20 minutes, I go from engaged post. Everyone's like, congratulations to I'm married. Oh my God. Congratulations. I get out of the hairdresser. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't
0: congratulations I was like is there something you're not telling me
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember. Excuse me. Oh. yeah it was a lot of drama to this day I bump into people and they're like are you married are you engaged what's going on but I and just like, love yeah. that I
0: love that I love that tricks to energy and I love that ambiguity it's just such a frolic it's such a it's so cheeky it's just so I just I just love it it's so um yeah it's just rude you know <laughs> But it's tricks to energy. And that's what I think you guys have. And I think that's that's really important. That tricks to energy that you have with each other as well. You just have such a high amount of respect and love for each other. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. And I don't see it ending somehow either. Maybe it's because it's a late in life, later in life relationship. And because you both have, you know, like you said, you both have had struggles before and you both are lots of
1: exes (laughs) yeah (laughs) we both had lots of exes
0: lots of exes
1: (laughs) yeah and kids so you learn right with every relationship you're learning something about yourself and so there's something right so if you're looking at it from from that more like positive point of view it's like yeah we we've learned a lot about who we are and and how to show up and what not to do (laughs) and how like how to deal with fear because fear is like a huge part in relationships and insecurities and all of those like insidious emotions that live with us.
0: How do you do that then with the fear and insecurities between the two of you? How have you dealt with that?
1: So we decided very early on that we were gonna do brutal honesty. So we are going to brutal honesty. So I'm saying everything. We set like the foundation of like, it's brutal honesty, but it's not an attack on you, but I'm gonna say everything. And then we're gonna work together to negotiate or figure out what needs to get done. Because our bigger goal, right, is both the two of us together forever frolicking until we're 100. That's like our our aligned goal. And then anything else is like, well, just we need to negotiate to overcome that. So whether that's I'm feeling insecure about my weight or I'm insecure about not bringing in an income or I'm jealous about some X that pops into your life, like so many different things, right? I have this like, I can actually go straight to him and be like, you know, I'm feeling really shitty right now like I'm feeling really ugly or I've gained some weight, you know, and it doesn't, he doesn't do that. Like, oh no, honey, you look great. He'll be like, oh, oh yeah, that must not feel so good. Okay. So then we just kind of, we just talk through it, right? That's been a game changer. I think for me is expecting that brutal honesty back and being in support of that for the other person because every time we have a contrast that's us evolving as people, right? That's us growing. So it definitely is not dull. (laughs) My friend asked me, she's like, you guys aren't very rocky. I'm like, no, but we're very sparky. There's lots of sparks. <laughs> like, I, there's lots of things. And then we go, ah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's like, you may not know this. You may not realize this, but it's like a complete refusal of codependence that you're doing here. A complete mm. refusal of codependence, which is something that I kind of tried to I mean, I've been with my husband for nearly 20 years. So we, we're in some <laughs> codependency. <laughs> we love each other very much. But like, it's that what you just described there, that kind of like, I've gained some ways, I feel really ugly. Oh, no, 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 you're great. That's this kind of, I'm not down with that. And in my coaching practice, I try not to get into that as well, just to kind of reflect things back so that we start to unplug from these odd set piece conversations.
1: Yeah, I swear to God, <laughs> I hadn't, had I been like life coach, you know, been in life coaching and working on myself and working on my psyche and trying to understand no, I I don't know that I would be cognizant of this is a way, this is how a person can show up Uh and be aware of, yeah, codependency, don't go down that door. It's sugary on the outside, but it doesn't, you know, I've done that and it's not a place that I need to review. It's not very
0: sustainable.
1: Um, Yeah. There's a time and a place
0: for it. I think there's a time and a place where you need to have a cheerleader. So a non-codependent relationship would go, I'm going to tell you something now and I need you to be my cheerleader. (laughs) do you know what I mean so that's yeah. I
1: mean we're still learning like the words that we need to say when and how to show up
0: what 14 um, months in are you kidding you <laughs> haven't cracked it yet <laughs> I'm so ashamed this interview is over
1: <laughs> Yeah, but it's a journey right it's oh my journey. god never, um, ending. never
0: ending never ending so your daughter then graduated high school and moved out she went to Where? Hawaii! In the middle of a pandemic, she (laughs) got herself over to Hawaii and lived there for how long?
1: Six months.
0: Yeah, wow. In the
1: end, yeah. She stayed for six months. It was such a bizarre, um, like, coincidence turn Mm. of events where this just, this happened to open up right at this offer, like through a friend, opened up right at the time where we were trying to figure out how do we move because me and my house. daughter move house my yeah. daughter and I have lived just the two of us since pretty since like two she was two years old and this is a not only a big deal for us emotionally but also like logistically like no yeah. you know because if we move in together with a man now it's well, we need a much bigger place you know or should we get her an apartment somewhere else is she ready to live on her own and then suddenly this opportunity for her to go overseas came and we were like yeah, well, why not? You can go get a couple things done, maybe experience some work, work over there, connect with America because she is American, but she's never really spent time over there. Oh my God, she came back swearing like a sailor because she hung out with a bunch of American teenagers. Amazing. This is really cute, really cute. Uh, yeah, so she stayed over there, ended up having a fabulous time, learned a lot, um, had to deal with her own, you know, making decisions about things and paperwork on her own for the first time. Not to mention trying to travel during this pandemic is logistical nightmare. So, yeah, she's back now and is living in Tokyo in a share house. We found her a room and she's over all the time, though. Oh. We're, we're still, uh, yeah. You, you, have this, Nick, you have
0: this kind of revolving door, don't you? Of people in and out of your apartment all the time. You are those people, right?
1: For now. For, for now. now.
0: I think they are next discussing place- <laughs> whether we should
1: whether we should like proactively like is this what we want
0: yeah maybe you should get like a little airbnb <laughs> on the side of your next house where people <laughs> just go and stay and like you can control the kind of flow of people in and out of your
1: why not like mm-hmm. I don't know um but we so- can make it up
0: yeah, of course. We are it, we're always dreaming things up, aren't we, And We're always high dreaming, dreaming things up, dreaming each other up, dreaming up beautiful futures for ourselves. So you had COVID, right? Yes. That was a bit of a grounding experience,
1: wasn't it? It was very much a literal boom, grounding
0: That's experience. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah. I not, not, not like immovable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you feeling I about that now? I'm completely recovered for a weird emotional reasons, I'm actually very grateful. I got COVID and my physical body came to like a halt and uh, no, not my physical body, my mind. I was so sick and feeling like shit that like, I couldn't worry about all the things I'm normally worried about. And it was a massive in the, in now that I'm over it. I, was yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, I felt so hard for you in that one because, um, you are such an athletic person, uh, mm. you know, like an elite athlete and you you do so much training and you do Spartan races and all this kind of stuff. And then you were just literally grounded by it and it was really like full on. And so I had an extra piece of my heart for you. But like you said, as you always do Angela, you you turned it into a positive by saying you had to, you were grounded and you had to just stop and think about something else. Amazing. Really, really. Quarantine
1: important. was a little tougher because, yeah. as you said, I mean, it's like stuck in the house, but you're still mentally aware and frustrated. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we were able to work out here, like at the bottom of our building, and and do stretches and and whatnot. But yeah. Oh, COVID. Wow. What a trip.
0: What a trip. And you had to miss my fiftieth birthday party, which was sad, but
1: <laughs> that was the worst part. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, well, I'm sure it wasn't. But thank you though. So. Ange, what happens next for you?
1: Very good question. I ask myself that every single day, (laughs) Sarah. Same. You know, and, and I have all these inklings, right? But it's like, it's all coming together it's all coming together slowly. You know, the last 10 years of working in nonprofit, of working with community development is, you know, but then having the experience in corporate doing sustainability, both on the climate side, as well as the social development side. I'm now, I'm actually back at school a little. So I'm, I'm now sort of just like planning it and sort of like, it's like I'm, I'm mixing all these ingredients into figure out what exact type of consulting I wanna specialize in. But I do want to move into the field of consulting. Mm-hmm. and um you know fill some gap, use whatever I can you know my knowledge, my experience my my expertise, my insights to help create strategies to help create projects for people who need it, I guess you know my clients who will be so that's something I'm working on the professional side. What's coming next is Christmas mm-hmm. and so we're planning you know the holidays, hanging out with family. <gasps> The wedding. I know it's The wedding. Oh my God. So exciting. So, yeah. I we've booked a venue. And so now, literally, next month, it's our first like meeting with the wedding planners. And it's, it's just another time. And I'm seeing this again. This is gonna be another experience where Nick and I have to like make decisions together, negotiate, figure out what we want. There's gonna be all these difficult things too, right? Uh, and I'm actually so excited about. Yeah making all those choices. And and then who am I going to be at the end of that? And yeah, um, that's exciting. Definitely keeping frolic with me because it has just been like such a journey since the last time, right? Discovering what that means and how that actually is a support system for me as a person mentally. But then, you know, it's like, that's why that cycle trip was the story I told you. Cause I was like, it was like, it excited me. It was impacted my life because I did get to see what happened 10 years after the disaster. Mm -hmm. I got to meet with local residents. I got to taste the food. But then I also was like having the time of my life, like work and joy. It's not work and sadness and stress and all these things I used to connect there. I'm like, oh, I can change this up. Okay. So I'm going to change it up continue to change it up but I don't know exactly what it will look like
0: oh I love it I love you You're so wise it's just so brilliant every time you say this stuff it just makes me take heart so much like work and joy yes please yes please I'll have that I'll take that so Andrew, with my final question then there are many ways to lead a life what does that mean to you
1: it means one it's just like hurrah! yes Thank you. This is amazing. But I guess on a personal level, it's like that living from inside out, not from the opposite, which is what I used to do for many years. But when I learned to live from inside out and then now with Nick, it's like, honey, we can just make it up. Like there's no right or wrong way. We can just make it up. Like, Okay, I'm not working now. You might not be working in the future. Okay, but we'll so we'll do this now, and we'll do that next. And okay, what about with our kids? And what about, you know, all these different things, instead of checking boxes in life and looking at what is society telling us, we actually just go, okay, how are we frolicking through this, right? Like, how do we want to be? And then we have the strength to just say, that's how we're going to do it. And if we can figure it out, then we can figure it out, right? So that's why I love your tagline there are many ways to live a life it is like the most liberating expression I have heard thank you
0: well thank you for saying that and I mean I just can't do it any other way because I'm unpacking all this myself at the moment just realizing i probably have ADHD with some confidence so there's no way that I can move through life in the normal way, and I never have and so mm. that's why it's just very liberating for me but also I spend all day every day doing this this is my job I listen to people all the time I know their inner workings and their secrets and stuff like that and that's not something I say to show off it just means that there are many many ways to lead a life mm. and people recover and what I love about what you've told us today is you've shown us through this resilient heart and through this frolicking through this life together another way to lead a life but for but what I see with you and Nick is this unfolding of this way that you're deciding. It's very wild and very free the way that you're doing this. And that doesn't mean that you're disrespectful or that you don't kind of understand the cultures that you live in, but it just means that you're designing something that, and I just keep coming back to this idea that's outside of these kind of stereotypes. You're bucking stereotypes of what it should be to fall in love. It's not a rom-com. It's not a, it's not some cheesy, stupid like you know. Here's here's a set of stereotypes where people have to do this, that, and the other. But just this kind of what do you call it? Radical honesty? No, you call mm, it brutal, brutal honesty. Brutal honesty this brutal honesty is amazing. And having your nervous systems kind of reset to be able to to handle that together is something really quite remarkable. And of course, both of you are very physical and you do all your workouts and stuff like that. So you get to work that out as well, which is another amazing thing. And, you know, it did dawn on me recently, just how similar you both are from the kind of athletic perspective, from the family background perspective. And then sometimes I look at you and I'm like, you kind of look alike to me sometimes (laughs) as well. And I can only imagine that that's the Mediterranean, like your your Colombian kind of, you know, Mediterranean family past and his kind of Greek Mediterranean family, there's some DNA that crossed paths back in the ancestry, (laughs) no doubt. So that's amazing but um I love you to bits and I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you today so we can catch up with you and find out what the fuck happened next and wild and
1: free 14 months it's been (laughs) it has been an absolute whirlwind it is I mean it's an ongoing whirlwind yeah whirlwind and yeah yeah, I mean just I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on yeah. Yeah, but instead of, no, I guess, no, that's wrong. I think that's, that's something I used to say, like, I'm just clinging on for dear life. This See time I feel you like, no, stereotypes I'm, out. I'm in, an, in the eye of the storm, but I'm in a perfect bubble. Like I know, and there's this, this piece of just knowing that really is helping be okay when things change so fast and so like dramatically. Mm.
0: Yeah. And we've all learned that over the last two years, how fast and dramatic things can change because of the pandemic. But you've also learned it from the falling in love, moving in, getting engaged, planning a wedding, your daughter moving out, losing a job and how you can still be completely okay in all of that. Learning how to rely on somebody else's income while you build yourself back up. All of this stuff requires a great deal of trust and a great deal of like vulnerability and strength I mean it's such such a cheesy word it's such an overused word now vulnerability is but just that willingness to be um in a in a state of of nervous system tension if you like and 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 to move through that and to frolic through it so frolic through that's the that's the tagline for this (laughs) the legend of frolic
1: (laughs) hashtag frolic
0: hashtag frolic and so and where can people find you
1: you can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. You find me under Angela Marie Ortiz. You can find Straticus Consulting on LinkedIn, Instagram.
0: That's great. So we'll, <laughs> we'll link in, we'll link below to that as well. Okay, so, great.
1: Yeah. Thank yes. You, Angela. Hashtag
0: frolic with me. <laughs> frolic, frolic, frolic <laughs> through, I it. Frolic I really through it. it. I love it. I do too. I do too. So Ange, thank you so much. Um, I believe there are many ways to lead a life. And thank you for sharing yours so generously about the last 14 months. And everybody has stories. And what a story. And I can't wait for this story to unfold again. So maybe I'll kind of engineer another another podcast series where we catch up with you after you got married <laughs> to see what happens.
1: What the fuck happened now? <laughs>
0: Thanks so much, and Bye. Thank you, Thanks bye. for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this latest legend on the Sarah Ferruya Legends podcast. Hop over to sarahferruya.com where you can find the full complement of uh, Legends interviews and conversations. Also, you can like and subscribe over on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. I absolutely love these interviews and these conversations I have with these people. I don't care about subscribers, if I'm absolutely honest. It just helps to get more people over to listen to these fantastic people. I cannot wait for my next interview. I really hope you can get stuck in and find some juice and some delightful little nugget of knowledge or encouragement from these that will help you to create your story and to take your story forward and to weave and dream up and high dream your own story. Boy up by the stories of these people. I would call them ordinary, they're not, but these people, these beautiful legends who I've selected to help you on your way and to help me on my way. So please enjoy, share, subscribe. My Facebook page is Sarah Faruja Coaching. My Instagram page is at Sarah Faruja Coaching too. So get into it. Thanks,
1: bye.